It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook where we post all of our episodes. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the show for Packer fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. This is Crossover Wednesday, Locked On Bears, Locked On Packers. Lauren Cox, the host of Locked On Bears, is on the show to talk about Packers. Bears on Sunday. The NFL's oldest rivalry is renewed once again. Week one was a classic. It was a thriller. And it ultimately may go down as the lone highlight in a otherwise dismal season for the Packers. And yet, there could be also some fitting symmetry. That one moment that pivotal moment, the knee injury that that had such an enormous waterfall effect on this season. This was not just a trickle-down. This was a full-blown waterfall on the rest of the year. Getting that win was huge. And it could be the case, given what's going on in Minnesota, that the Packers beating the Bears once again is another waterfall tidal wave moment for the Green Bay Packers, at least this season. We talked yesterday about John DeFilippo and the oddity around the Minnesota offense and the lack of functionality there. Well, then yesterday morning, it was announced the Vikings fired John DeFilippo. That is pretty crazy. Now, one of the reasons why it's particularly crazy is one of the reasons it happened is because Mike Zimmer and DeFilippo didn't get along. They didn't see eye to eye on where this offense should be going. And Mike Zimmer wanted them to run the ball more, except they weren't a good running team. And and the reason I'm diving into this, no, you did not accidentally turn on Locked on Vikings. This has real impact on the head coaching search for the Packers and other teams this offseason because, as I said, DeFilippo was a serious contender for one of these head coaching jobs. I don't think he's out of the race for other teams. If there are five or six teams that move on from their head coach, there just aren't going to be enough other quality candidates out there to fill all these slots. Someone like John DeFilippo could get another opportunity. 
And let me take that a step further and say, if Green Bay doesn't want to go the route of Josh McDaniels or Lincoln Riley, one of those two, I think there are scenarios where Green Bay can get better. And the two that I have put out there are Dave Taub, the Kansas City Chiefs special teams coach, very well respected from that awesome culture in Kansas City, has been a part of amazing special teams everywhere he's been. He's a great coach, full stop, but also could bring in some of the progressive ideology in Kansas City in terms of being innovative and being creative with the way that they game plan and the way that they scheme and all of that stuff. You could keep Mike Pettin and maybe you bring in John DiFilippo because there is that Eagles connection there. Now, not directly to Dave Taub, but he could be the best offensive coordinator potentially on the market. The other scenario that I think could be appealing to the Packers, they wanted Vic Fangio. They when, when the Packers fired Dom Capers, one of the guys that they really wanted was Vic Fangio. The Bears said, we're keeping him. They extended him and signed him so the Packers couldn't. But if he becomes a head coaching candidate, and I think he will be a head coaching candidate this offseason, Green Bay could say, okay, we're going to take the Bears defensive coordinator, we're going to take the Vikings offensive coordinator, and we're going to go to war with these dudes next year. Now, that would that would come likely at the cost of Mike Pettin, although they, they don't run wildly different schemes. I, I find it hard to believe that, that Fangio would would give Pettin enough space. And I think, frankly, the respectful thing to do would be to let Pettin go be a defensive coordinator somewhere else. But those could be scenarios where John DeFilippo still becomes a Packers coach. And I don't think fans should be wary of that. I I still think he's a very smart, very charismatic, and very cerebral coach, still a very respected coach within the industry. And there are some people that that are skeptics. There's no doubt. What Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekind should do, though, is reach out. And I'm not saying hire him. I'm not saying even formally interview him. But reach out, see what he's feeling, see what he's doing. What is he going to do for the next couple weeks before the season ends? Is he going to go be, go back to Philly and try and help them make the playoffs and be an offensive consultant is he going to go help a, a college team you know, win a bowl game? Is he just going to lay low? Is he going to mull his options? Is he going to do some networking, call some coaching friends, call some front office friends, do those kinds of things? It's worth it for Green Bay to say, well, we think you're a smart coach. What do you have to say? What would you do to fix this team? How would you push this offense forward? And I think a lot of times just having those conversations with coaches, I mean, this is let me give you an example. So when I was looking for, for colleges back in the day, I went and looked at so many schools. I mean, I took trips. I did the whole thing because I didn't know where I wanted to go. I wasn't really sure uh, where I wanted to be. I knew kind of what I wanted to do, but fit was very important to me. So I, I wanted to make sure it was right. And the first place I went was the University of Oregon. And I thought it was great. And even though that was a slightly different vibe and it, and it was going to be a different major than the other schools that I wanted to apply to. It just felt really good, it, but it was different. And it wasn't really my top choice in terms of 
the major and the atmosphere, but I liked it. And it gave me a measuring stick. And every school after that had to beat the University of Oregon. And eventually one did. So, so that's my way of saying when you look at a coach, they're going to kiss a lot of frogs in this process before they find their prince. They're going to interview a lot of coaches. There's no reason to waste this time right now not talking to coaches. And they they may not do it out in the open. They may not do it reported. They may be talking to people already. I'm sure they are. They are already vetting. I talked to a, a former front office person last night who said when they were going to fire their coach and they knew they were probably going to fire their coach, they started talking to people and vetting candidates in October. So the Packers, this process has already low-key started. This is this is not a secret in the NFL. This is something that, that happens regularly. Now, if, if we take Mark Murphy at his word, they didn't know until a week ago or two weeks ago, whatever, that they were going to fire their coach. Uh, I call BS on that. You don't get to that point. It's like the breakup analogy I used. You don't get to that, that point where you actually finally pull the trigger without having thought about it for a long time. They should go talk to him. And they should have already talked to Lincoln Riley and his agent just to find out, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? How do you feel? Are you busy? Can we chat? That's all part of finding this new coach because this decision is too important to not exhaust every opportunity, to not go down every street to find the right candidate. And if that means thinking outside the box, great. And and I, I do think it's worth pointing out here, and we're gonna we're gonna have a ton of Packers Bears talk with Lauren. So that's why I'm taking such a, a a long runway to get to that discussion and talking about the coaching search here. But Andrew Brandt, formerly in the Packers front office, still very connected to Green Bay, still very hooked in, still knows a lot of what's going on suggested one of the reasons the Packers made this move early was to get a jump on talking to college coaches. Because if Lincoln Riley is going to be a hot commodity, and he is, they can formally speak to his reps without worrying about their own coach because every other NFL team except Cleveland already has a coach. And so it is, they have to be a little bit more subtle about having these conversations. Green Bay can fly on a private jet down to Oklahoma, down to Norman, and say, hey, Lincoln, let's talk. Now, they won't do that because that's a distraction to his program, and he wouldn't want that. But my point here is it could give them more leeway to have these conversations with these other coaches and and give them a head start on really in earnest vetting these other candidates. And I don't think that's something that should just be discounted out of hand. I do think it could have played a role. It was not the, the reason, but it does matter. And and John DeFilippo is someone they should talk to. The other part of all of this is Minnesota is in free fall and they've looked awful. There's no reason they should look much better. They have to play a, a Miami Dolphins team that just beat the Patriots that is looking for a playoff bid, they still have to play Chicago in Week 17, and the Lions are not out of anything. They're still in the mix somehow, and they still have some talent. 
They still have some fight. We know they're going to fight in week 16 and week 17 with their season over. And we haven't seen much from Minnesota to suggest they're going to put up much of a fight at all. And speaking of putting up a fight, if your fantasy team didn't put up much of a fight this year, I know mine didn't. I have I have not been in the mix in my fantasy football league in weeks. That is why we have DraftKings. Daily Fantasy is your answer because every week you can pick a new team and there's big time money on the line. Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one week fantasy sports. How huge? We're talking over $1.5 million in prizes with one week fantasy at DraftKings. You choose when to play. Draft a new team every week with no season-long commitment. At DraftKings, you're the GM. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. No matter what your skill level, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. So if you've been thinking about trying out one-week fantasy football, now is the time to play because nothing makes Football Sunday more exciting than when you have a DraftKings lineup on the line, especially... If your team is not in the playoff race and you can play free with your first deposit to compete for your share of over one and a half million dollars in total prizes. So go to DraftKings.com or download the app today. You can use the promo code locked on to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over one and a half million dollars in total prizes. Have I mentioned one and a half million dollars in prizes so use the code locked on only at DraftKings the game inside the game David Harrison here the locked on Washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread I don't know about you guys but when I eat pizza I eat it for the toppings not the crust and when I eat a sandwich it's for what's inside the bread not for the bread but when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds thin sliced bread from Dave's killer bread it is the epitome of addition by subtraction that thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste killer texture killer nutrition a subtle sweetness and a seed coated crust Dave's killer bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right let's get to crossover wednesday locked on bears locked on packers lauren cox the host of locked on bears she's also a news reporter at WCLO 1230, works at Pro Football Focus, NBC Chicago, the Bears Wire. He has a tremendous Twitter handle, Cox Sports One. He is back on the show. So, Lauren, this is a, a very different conversation than we had the last time we spoke uh, before week one. And, and I think both of us have very different feelings about the teams that we cover here. Uh, a, a lot has happened over the last few months that has that have changed. And that that importantly alters this discussion that we're having here. But I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if we're being honest, even even before that conversation and, and certainly after, I would find it hard to believe that you would you thought we would be here. I certainly didn't think that either of these teams would be in the positions that they are going into this game. 
Yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of optimistic Bears fans out there that saw this team at 9-4 and four after 14 weeks and just, just defeating the first-place Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football. But yes, that was not me back at the beginning of <laughs> September, even after the addition of Khalil Mack. You know, I think we all kind of thought you know, that kind of change would have a big impact, but it's had a certainly a huge impact on this team, and it's helped these two teams go in opposite directions. And plenty of people have speculated what would happen if Mac had gone to Green Bay and not Chicago, but I'm sure that's a discussion for another time. And that's not a discussion my listeners are really going to relish, given <laughs> how that's worked out for the Bears and what's happened for the Packers. And, and you mentioned the Khalil Mack trade. When we had our, our first crossover Wednesday, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the Khalil Mack trade that had just happened. And now, you know, the, the paths have diverged even further with the Packers firing their head coach. So, I mean, you want to talk about opposite paths. It's hard to imagine two franchises going in, in more different directions over the last three months than, than these two teams. The Bears very much look like a team on the rise. What has, what has stood out to you in terms of things that are surprising about, because you mentioned you did not think this team would be in this position. I didn't. I think a lot of people didn't. But so wh- what do you think is the difference? What What, what is there? that you didn't think would be or would be this fast? Well, I think the defense is playing at a higher level than than I thought. And, you know, you look at the, the talent on this team, it's there. There's, there's guys that you like. But, you know, besides Khalil Mack, when you talk about household names throughout the rest of the NFL, there's not really a ton of guys there. Certainly Akeem Hicks has always been underrated in, in the eyes of fans and analysts alike. But, you know, the, there's not a lot of that true star power. But what's happened is, uh, a lot of guys really stepping up and playing some of their best football. You know, Kyle Fuller looking like a Pro Bowl cornerback, leading the league right now in interceptions. That's that's really been a huge difference for the the defense, creating those turnovers. And Eddie Jackson at free safety taking that next step to really you know establish himself as a potential Pro Bowl caliber type safety this season with his play back there. I mean, those two guys exceeding expectations even for you know a little bit of growth forward. They've taken big steps forward, and I think that's been big for the turnover generating. You know, Akeem Hicks continuing his high level of play, Eddie Goldman as well. And then, you know, even younger guys getting in the rotation like Bilal Nichols on the defensive line and, you know, obviously Roquan Smith at linebacker. It just seems like everything seems to be going right for this defense and it's really been able to carry them quite a bit through these games. And then, you know, I think offensively it's it's kind of a little bit more what you expected with some ups and downs with Mitch and Matt Nagy being able to create a lot with some creativity. But it, to me, this is the story of this bear season is this defense and just how well they've exceeded expectations. Yeah. And, and I, I wrote about Mitch Trubisky last week for SB nation. Um, and, and it was really interesting to talk to Matt Nagy and Dave Ragone and Mark Helfridge about his development. And they said flat out, we had to retrain him to be aggressive and throw the ball downfield. And I think it really speaks to the damage in a very real way that, that uh, John Fox and, and Dowell Loggins did to Mitch Trubisky in this offense last year, and to an extent, Ryan Pace, for not putting, um, you know, really even replacement-level players around this team last year. It's not just Khalil Mack, as you mentioned on the defense. You look at the offense, and Tariq Cohen has an expanded role with Matt Nagy, and Adam Shaheen is healthy and doing things. Trey Burton comes in in the offseason. They draft Anthony Miller. They pay big money for um for Robinson and so uh, this is this is a fundamentally different team than we saw a year ago 
I mean, what do you think their ceiling is, and and are they going to be able to keep this core together once Mitch Trubisky needs to get paid, once Eddie Jackson needs to get paid, once you know does Danny Trevathan get a, another contract in Chicago? I mean, are are you already sort of thinking long term about how long this core can can be intact and and be relatively cheap? Because Ryan Pace spent last season with a rookie quarterback salary and some of these other star players not making star money because Khalil Mack is making star money. Yeah, the Bears are pretty well locked in for the next two years. That's kind of the time frame right now where you, you look across the board, almost all of their starters. I think right now Adrian Amos is set to be a free agent and mm-hmm. you know their slot cornerback is going to be a free agent as well. And there's a few guys here and there, offensive line, uh, a spot here, there too. But for the most part, your key players at you know quarterback, tight end, receiver, running back, defensive line, linebacker, pretty much all the defense, they're all locked in at least through 2020 in their current contracts. And I think that's kind of the the range right now that in the in the modern NFL, you, you got to win while you still have that rookie quarterback money. And, and I don't think the Bears have thought too much about the you know the future beyond that i think now that they've kind of reached this baseline level of competitive talent now they can kind of turn their attention to you know restocking and kind of building um, again more from the ground up rather than the top down with sort of the big free agent acquisitions they can and even though they don't have the draft picks now from a Khalil Mack and and you know all they had to trade in that you know they can still try and focus on you know getting those guys underneath Robinson and Gabriel underneath the free agents that you had so that eventually when those bigger contracts start to come up you have homegrown talent still on cheap contracts to kind of fill in the gaps there and and move forward you know into the next sort of era of this uh, (laughs) the next iteration of this type of Bears team. The Bears are dealing with a pretty major secondary injury with Bryce Callahan. He has a foot injury. He's going to be out at least this game, which is all my listeners really care about, to be honest. It's something (laughs) that the Bears are going to have to deal with much longer than that, potentially. But he, he has been playing really well this year. And so to have to go to Sherrick McManus or Kevin Tolliver or whomever, that puts strain on this defense. What are you expecting Vic Fangio to do and, and how do you expect him to mitigate that loss yeah so I, I this was going to be a matchup even with Bryce Callahan healthy that I had circled in this game you think back to week one Randall Cobb went off for it was only game over 100 yards this season and a lot of that came against Bryce Callahan in coverage it was kind of one of the one of the few down games we've seen from Callahan this season and of course Callahan I think the report now is that he has a broken foot which mm. happened only after about 13 plays in the last game. So Sherrick McMahon is filled in against the Rams, and I, I tweeted out at the time, I was like, that there's a big hole that the Bears are really going to have to watch out for. You know, Look for Jared Goff to maybe attack the slot a little bit more, and they did a little bit, but I was really impressed with what Sherrick McManus was able to do. You know, A guy who is purely a special teams ace up to this point in his career, he's had opportunities on defense in the past. I think he might be the oldest player on the roster right now, one of the few guys up in his 30s at this point. And he's he stepped up in a way that I just don't think we've seen that consistently from McManus at any point in his past on the defense. And so, you know, I think some of that is just the high quality of everyone around him and maybe some poor throws from Jared Goff making things look easier. But, you know, give him credit, too, for, you know, not being – too afraid of the moment and, and or being too overwhelmed or by anything. He's not a guy that is going to 
make any big time plays on the ball, but there's some there's some optimism that he can potentially hold up. And his primary defensive role before this was coming in dime packages as a blitzer, and he that was like a, a really high percentage of his snaps were pass rushing snaps because Fangio would use him in those specific packages. And he's been pretty effective at getting after the quarterback, even in this full time slot role. He still blitzed five times and pressured the quarterback on three of those. So I think we're going to see some more blitzing from him in the slot. I think we're going to see the Packers challenge him with Randall Cobb as best they can. But uh, that's really, to me, kind of one of the intriguing matchups is, you know, how much was week one an anomaly for Randall Cobb versus, you know, Bryce Callahan maybe having a bad game or how much is that something Cobb can just kind of randomly pull out against the Bears again against what might be an even more favorable matchup than he saw the first time. I, I definitely think... It, it, some of that's going to depend on how the rest of the defense is going. If the pass rush is getting home, if the other cornerbacks are making plays and trying to direct where Aaron Rodgers can go with the ball. But if the Packers can kind of establish that time of possession, tire this Bears defense out and maybe keep these extended drives, I could see McManus becoming much more of a liability and really being an area of weakness for this Bears defense. But I want to I want to bring this back to a Vic Fangio discussion because it seems like if there's one thing that can derail the vertiginous growth of this team, it's if someone decides they want Vic Fangio to be their head coach in the offseason. Yeah, that would be it's a strong fear of a lot of Bears fans. And, you know, Vic Fangio is a guy that has expressed multiple times that he would like to be a head coach in the NFL if he had that opportunity. And yet he continually is overlooked for head coaching interviews and obviously head coaching opportunities. And, you know, I'm per, just kind of personally, I like, you know, he's, I like him as a coach and I think he's a good guy and I would you know, like to see him get that opportunity just for his own individual success in his career. And I, you know, I feel for him in wanting to achieve that, but I can't help but sit here and, and doubt that that's going to happen. And maybe Green Bay is the type of a team and situation that, you know, has played against him enough and knows him well enough to to want to go after him like that. But I, it would seem that given he's had some interviews in the past and really hasn't gotten much traction, you have to wonder if, you know, whether he's just bad at interviews or there's something about his personality that rubs ownership the wrong way as far as not wanting him to be the face of a franchise and the voice of a team. And he's very blunt. He's he's not very uh, energetic in his speaking. He's not necessarily a, a high energy, high passion guy. And it seems like a lot of times the defensive coordinators that get head coaching jobs are, you know, a little bit more on the younger side and and trying to be a little bit more um, just kind of energetic to try and match the the young, innovative, offensive head coaches that are kind of taking the league by storm. So, you know, I, I think Green Bay would be the one team that might have the most reason and the most, uh, I guess, the most likelihood to go after a guy like Vic Fangio, given their extended familiarity with his defense. But it, it just feels to me like the history of him suggests that he, he's just one of those coaches that just isn't going to get the opportunities despite having some pretty decent success and a, a pretty strong track, track record. I compare him to like Dave Tobe, the special teams coordinator for the Chiefs, formerly of the Bears, another guy that gets head coaching interviews, but for some reason, despite a lot of success doing what he does, just doesn't get those opportunities to be a head coach. This game opened at four. Bears, uh, a four-point favorite. It's now a touchdown I think that's too much, um, despite what Chicago looked like on Sunday. I think Green Bay is not going to be afraid of the Bears. They're not going to come in and, and and be worried about Khalil Mack and, and scared. That is not a thing that's going to happen. But I think this is this is like 
21-17, maybe even 21-20. I mean, I think this is a, a field goal game. It's close. And I could see one team ripping the heart of the other out. And I think either way, it's going to be like that if it's a close game because someone's going to win late, whether it's a, on a defensive play or an offensive play. That is that is my feeling about this. And I'm not even really going out on a limb despite the, the favorite part because Bears-Packers is weird. We know weird stuff happens. Yeah, that's that's what's got me stuck on this game a bit myself. That if the Bears were playing any other team, where you know, because I, th- I think still any other team that they win and and they would pretty much clinch the division. So I mean, that they the motivation would be there regardless of if they're playing Green Bay. So I think again, if they're playing any other team this week, I'm thinking yeah, coming off of that Rams win with the division on the line here, they're they looked like a true contender last week, and they're just going to keep rolling. But Man, it, when they play Green Bay, just weird stuff happens, and, and I'm right there with you. I, I'm certainly, I don't think the Bears are going to lose, and I, and I, I wouldn't, I'm not ready to go that far. But I do think this has the potential to be close. That Aaron Rodgers can pull out some some pretty crazy stuff. And I know, you know, what 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 also gives me pause is kind of how Week One started, where the Bears pulled out to such an, an early lead and really seemed to have the Packers number. But I guess almost because of that, it makes me weary that the Packers might keep it closer early on. So I. I'm ultimately going to give the Bears a little bit more of, of an elite. I, I think that seven number is about where I'd, you know, six or seven point about a touchdown when when it's all said and done. I was leaning something more like, you know, 24-17, 27-20 type of a, a final score. Where, you know, the Packers do keep it close, and, and there's some time there where this game is certainly in doubt. But ultimately, the, the Bears are the better team. They're the better coach team, like you said, and... And it's just that two teams headed in opposite directions at this point, and then the final score and the end of the game will ultimately reflect that. I just would like to say that while I think you are right about the outcome of this game, and we we more or less agree on the outcome, you have put your faith and your hopes in Mitch Trubisky, and I have put mine in Aaron Rodgers. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> well, you know, there's you make a good point, but at the same time, Mitchell Trubisky throws one touchdown and three picks last week against the eleven and one Los yeah, Angeles Rams, they, and they win. And somehow that didn't matter. So once that that kind of to me threw a lot of the logic out the window for how quarterback is every, play. How is this every good Bears team? Every good Bears team of the last twenty five years looks the exact same. Well, you know, it's a crazy it always, defense making turnovers, getting a, a couple lucky bounces and the quarterback doing just enough to not blow every game that they win. And all all it does is leave Bears fans with optimism that, you know what, if and when that quarterback play improves, <laughs> this team can be really scary. Yeah. Void, void of any actual evidence that they're able to to get that guy. It's just it's part of what makes this rivalry great. And it's part of why it's a great rivalry, because the Packers for 25 years have been offense and for even longer, the Bears have been defense. So this is that's why this is oil and water. That's why it's fun. And and that's why I enjoy doing these shows. Oh, 100 percent. One of the beauties of the Lockdown Podcast Network. For sure. All right, Lauren, uh, we will uh, talk to you down the line. Maybe. Maybe in a couple weeks again. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Wild card playoff rematch in the making, huh? Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, crossover Wednesday, Packers, Bears, locked on Packers, locked on Bears. Lauren Cox, remember, follow him on Twitter, at CoxSports1. He is a good Twitter follow and a, a good-hearted guest. I always look forward to Bears Weeks uh, specifically for that reason because you get to talk a little stuff. You get to talk a little smack. I appreciate that. And he, he can take it and he can give it, so... That, that's that, that's what makes the Locked On Podcast Network fun. We get to bring together fan bases from across the country, and in this case, you know, just, just up the highway. So uh, Packers-Bears on Sunday is going to be fun, as it always is. Unfortunately, I do think it's going to be heart-wrenching for one of these teams, and that's just the reality of the situation because it's Packers-Bears, because the NFC North clincher is on the line for the Bears, and for the Packers, it's their playoff lives. Uh, if they if they lose, they are not mathematically eliminated, but they are practically eliminated. I believe that is where they are mathematically, but I was a liberal arts major, so you're going to have to take some of my math with a grain of salt. We'll be back tomorrow. Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic Chicago is on the line. He also a return guest for those of you that, that were listeners last year. He is uh, a really talented beat writer. Uh, for the Bears and and covering the the team for the Athletic. So we'll deep dive a little bit into this matchup. And then on Friday, we'll get to your questions. We'll get to the injury report and get you set for Packers-Bears on Sunday afternoon. The oldest rivalry in the NFL renewed once again. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the show, leave a review, and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that at 920-341-3775. It's Packers Bears Week, so you have to stay Locked On Packers.